Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Let's Join Out. This week you'll find us in a new channel, as you've probably found us if you're listening to this right now, Let's Join Out. So we have been moving from our old uh, station of Brighton Till I Fly uh, to our new one here. But we haven't unpo uh, unboxed all our you know, boxes and stuff. Um, however, we're joined by one of the usuals that's been here before. Uh, he likes to pitch in his pillows, but he never uses them. It's Neil. How are you doing, Neil? I, I'm not sure I even get that joke. I, I'm fine. I'm very well. Thank you very much. You never sleep. Every time I oh, see you on okay, Facebook, you're right. still building at four in the morning, and it's like, well. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. OK, yeah. yeah. No, good. Good joke. Good joke. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Well, it's good to have you back. Yeah. And we've actually got somebody else this week uh, who's kind of new to the show. You might have heard him in the background on the Preston show. Um, it's the one and only Clinton crash test dummy, Ektraz. Uh, I'm not a dummy. You're not really a dummy, but you do crash test your quads more than anyone else I've ever known. I've improved a lot. I just, I just want to throw uh, How are you, Clinton? Welcome to Let's Join Out in the new home. Oh, thank you. It's good. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's good to have you on the show. Yeah. So um, we'll get more onto your crashes in a bit, actually. But I was thinking earlier today, everyone who flies has a crash video. And even NJ does crash every so often, even though it doesn't really get documented too much. And we'd like to hear from you guys in the chat room what your best crash story is. And the best one we will read out on air. You might even win a prize of nothing. I don't know what we've got. We're still unboxing our prizes, so you might not actually get a prize this week. But we'd love to hear all the different crash stories. And Clint, you've got yours to uh, come up soon. We are going to try and get some formula to this time, because we, we've just muddled along a few times. But it is teething, you know, teething times and stuff. So suggestions, any comments, anything you want to discuss on this video, please just drop it in the chat room uh, and in the chat window and we'll see if we can get that answered. But well, we haven't even got the music to play at the start, nothing, but we're here for you. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. So NJ, what have you been up to this week as in your busy world of stuff? Just, uh, yeah, uh, turning this room into a more functional um a more functional workspace for me to do uh production and building and what have you because uh yeah it was just starting to get a bit ridiculous um and then of course i i put pictures up in the group of my nice new neat organized office space to to work on quads and was uh just mocked because apparently you, you you're not a serious quadder if you uh if you have any kind of organization it's just got to be a mess of tools and and stuff <laughs> everywhere for to be a real proper quadder so um yeah but yeah so doing that getting organized so that i can crack on with more videos and bits been sent some interesting stuff um i've been waiting for these to arrive since the second production run which is these guys the <gasps> M9 Hall Sensor Gimbal. Wow. Oh, come on, give, give it a feel. Come on, move it. It's oh. short in action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit suggestive. Um, yeah, re really, uh, really quite impressed. They, I mean, they're not in yet, but they, they do feel very, very nice. Um, so that, that's the M9. Is that that's right? the M9 to go in the X9D. Um, and it is literally. Plug, plug and play. They've changed a little bit how the, I'll give you a quick flash, I'll do a video on this obviously on my channel, but they've changed uh, the mechanism uh, in here in by design compared to the, the original ones that are in there. It's much easier to uh, to work on and also how the, um, how the, this latch is lifted so that you can have a a free positioning throttle stick uh, that is now done with a with a set screw on the uh, on the side, which kind of lifts and holds it up. So there's a 
less things to tweak and mess around with to actually disengage the uh, oh. of the throttle stick. The so spring. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, they've kind of done a little bit of a, a nice redesign on these as well as uh, they've tidied up the design as well as obviously the nice high resolution you get with with the hall sensors, the magnetic hall sensors, and uh, yeah, it just feels really nice quality. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to putting those in the X9D. The ones I really want to get because I'm flying the QX7. Uh, a lot at the minute, as you know, because we went out and flew today, is the mm. M7 gimbals. Now, they are coming. I still don't have a... Uh, I haven't been told when, but I will I will shout about it as soon as I know at least when they when they should start shipping. But they are they are a product that's arriving soon for those of you that have, have got a QX7. So your old faithful Tyrannus hasn't even seen the light of day recently, has it? I mean, your, Q, your Q7 has well, been out there all the time. The, the problem that I have at the minute with my Tyrannus, at some point while I was traveling in Australia, and when I was in Australia, we, we did, I think it was, it was something like 11 flights across two weeks. It was a lot of traveling around the country. Wow. And at some point, something happened on one of those flights, um, and then I went to fly the next day after one of these flights. It was somewhere about three quarters of the way through the trip. And the, uh, the ante well, of my RS, um, RSSI warnings were going off with it less than kind of you know 100 feet away and obviously that's not right um, so I don't know if it was a particular bang or a drop or something happened but um, yeah the XJT module has gone kaput um, and unfortunately that's that's the actual XJT module in the back of the X9D is about a third the price of the actual transmitter itself which is annoying so i have to replace that but in the meantime i've been using a module in the back so that's it's just a fuss and i need to fix it and do a few bits and pieces but now they've arrived i'm going to install those i'm going to do a custom paint job uh and um and yeah. it's white it's already a good color to start from isn't it so the x9d is yeah. silver oh, oh sorry you're going to do a custom paint job on your still ah yeah. i think you should paint the white one in fact open it up to us to paint it for you i mean <laughs> Mr. No. Steel and Hello Kitty. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that's interesting. So the, the gimbals aren't cross compatible. You can't use them between the Tyrannus and the and the. Uh, no, um, and I will have a look. I'm sure the answer's out there as to why. Um, but I think it's got something to do with the mounting, the way these mount. I've heard some people say it's to do with the mounting, and I've heard some people say that the plugs are different um, because these are plug and play. Um, mm. There's no soldering or anything to do. So uh, yeah, the seven gimbals will be different and i imagine they probably will have a different mounting setup on them so yeah we'll see but um yeah you, haven't heard, when. you haven't heard when then for no. everyone wanting to upgrade their newly purchased radios well these are about the the second production run of these these are, are now shipping to those that pre-ordered them um but i know mr steel literally six seven hours ago put up a video about these and saying how much he loves them um which is great but it also means that his 90,000 plus subscribers that didn't know about these have probably all gone <laughs> them. Uh, so they're probably going to go out again so i imagine they've, they've really got to step up producing these because i think every everyone's going to want to switch over to them i mean my the centering is what you'll notice really go on the tyrannus is its ability to when when you go into say the beta flight configure configurator in the gui and you get the receiver tab if you see a lot of twitching center stick on its own like you know where it's really starting to twitch an awful lot and it could be sort of as much as five microseconds either side it, they're basically they're going bad and mine 
my Tyrannus is probably about a year old and the centering on them is pretty terrible now. And you solve that, turn your dead band up a bit to take care of it, but it's not ideal. Um, this obviously being pull sensors, magnetic sensors, great resolution, centering should be absolutely bang on and there's nothing to wear out. So these are, you know, and for the price, 20 pounds each, you can't go wrong. So it's quite funny actually, because I've got, if anyone remembers in the old DX7 radio, I've, yeah, I did. <laughs> he was doing that same jittering around the center stick, and so I decided to. I did actually test out the customer service Horizon Hobby, and this is like a ten-year-old radio. Send it in, we'll fix it for free. It's like, Ooh. but I mean, yeah. I won't use it. But. Horizon were great, actually. I had a few issues with Spectrums over the years, and they they fixed some stuff up for me. Yeah, they they they're a good company. They are a good company. So I don't. Um, yeah. This is why well, it's just a shame the feature set isn't as rich. So Indeed. Is that Clinton. I was going to say, I had a question. Is um, I was curious. I was, I was thinking today. Is do you do you because obviously you do a lot of reviews and stuff. What what do you think the score is on the new um, on a new Tyrannos or the QX7? Do you think it's worth people upgrading from the Tyrannos to the QX7, or do you think it's it's basically go there if you don't have one? You see, that's an interesting thing that that you've said upgrading because some people would argue it's a downgrade because you know you're going for for less features. I, I, for some reason, there was this misconception that this, because it was named the 7 and not the 9, that it would support less channels, which, of course, it, it doesn't. It supports the full uh, full 16 channels via SBUS, and, in fact, it will support... If you can combine it with the XJ, an X, separate XJT module in the back and actually run 32 channels if you really want um, and go absolutely nuts if there's something you're running 32 channels for, which I can't think maybe... A, an RC Flaps. warship, RC warship <laughs> yeah. yeah with gun turrets that can move yeah. in both directions <laughs> yeah. yeah but it, it's really I think if you if you were to put uh, I was gonna say if you were to put money aside it's kind of hard not to because it is so good for the money um, there is definitely something in terms of what they've done form wise I think there's lots of little design improvements um, in terms of how easy it is to access, get into uh, how you know switches don't fall out of it when you open it up. They've they've just uh, they've done really nice little design revisions to kind of make it easy to work on. It, it's just been tweaked really nicely, um, but it does just lose a couple of features, a couple of switches, and a couple of uh, sliders at the back. And other than that, you know the speaker's better. It's it's much clearer and doesn't distort. Um, and yeah, it, there's a pre definitely a preference thing. I think it takes a little while to get used to holding because it does feel a little bit wider. It's about 200 grams lighter. Um, there is this, and the biggest thing is you can't charge. It has got, it hasn't got a charging port on it, which is, um, I think some people will probably turn their nose up at that. Um, although you could fit one yourself. Um, but on the whole, yeah, I, I think it's a great transmitter for the money. With a set of hall sensor gimbals, assuming they're going to be the same price as the ones that are available now for the X9D, you're talking about 140, 140 pounds, um, and that's a really yeah. With hall sensors, that's a very compelling, very compelling package. I'd say I'd say anyone that is interested in both that and the X9D, I mean the the community is huge. You must know some people that have got one or the other go and just try, have a feel of both and see which you like um, because I've seen people who have seen mine and initially didn't like the concept of it picked it up and actually said god I really like this and I'm talking about people that uh, already own an X9D so so yeah I think it could um, 
Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's great, great product. I don't think anyone that I haven't seen anyone buy one and and say they're unhappy with it. I, you know, and I, I'm enjoying using it. So, um, so yeah, Erwin does ask if anyone's flying the Futaba T10. I haven't used Futaba in many, many years. To be fair, I think I have even then. I never I have in the loft a really old Futaba handset. I can't remember which one it was. Actually, no, actually the last time I flew Futaba, a great somebody handset. Actually, somebody got a plane. And it had, it looks like it was from the 1960s, uh, a Futaba radio. And it probably still works for this day, but it was 72 me uh, megahertz, I think. They're crazy. But I mean, they've been one of the longest runners, haven't they? If, if yeah, well, we owe SBUS to Futaba. Um, you know, they're, yeah, they're brilliant. Uh, Futaba stuff's always been been really great. Um, sorry, there's a question. Um, yeah, from is the screen the same? It's, the screen. On so, the, it's not, is it? It's a lower resolution on the. It's slightly, the resolution didn't bother me in the slightest. I didn't even notice at first until I turned them both on and put them side by side. Um, mm. It's It's been laid out. I mean, it is physically smaller uh, and I think a little bit taller, um, but the menus have been laid out. The OpenTX guys have done a great job with the menu system and it's been laid out to work with the hardware. That's the important bit. Um, and they've made things scroll more think more options scroll scroll vertically than scroll horizontally like they do on the x9d uh, and now you've got that nice jog wheel on the uh on the qx7 um it's just a nice match so that screen and the layout is tailored really well to the new hardware so i think they've married those two well to the point where it's yeah it nothing annoyed me about the way that's all laid out now it works works perfectly and it, um yeah yeah, it's it's good. That's that's I've absolutely not a reason to be concerned at all. The screen screen's not an issue whatsoever. Uh, just to make it clear, NJ does not receive any endorsements for the number of times he mentions the products. Nothing like that. <laughs> but you were a, a spectrum user before, weren't you? I mean, you've migrated across for presumably telemetry and all those features. That yeah, I mean, what was your reason for migration? So. I, my favorite thing about Spectrums in the world has to be the gimbals. The gimbals on Speckies are just delicious, absolutely delicious gimbals that just do a wonderful, wonderful job. They're just the, the, the centering. That's a real big thing as well is how, how a stick recenters. Um, and yeah, I've tried loads of radios over, you know, 25 years of RCing and there's just something special about the gimbals on Spectrums. Um, they, yeah, they, they center beautifully, the resistance right the way at the edge, how smooth they are, the bearings, everything. You know, if I could, I, I think you can actually retrofit some specky gimbals into a ceramic. So, yeah, but bastardize one of my. Uh, one of my yeah. old um, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> an interesting video. Hot glue and super glue. That's the, 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 issue I had, the issue I had was with the DX8 specifically, which was the range issues. Um, ah, yeah, right. And that was driving me nuts because everything was great. And I was, you know, fly as soon as I got just the medium distance away, not even that far. Um, and yeah, I'd just get, you know, dropouts and it would go fail safe and fall out of the sky. And it just drove me nuts. Um, and the DX8 specifically, it was, I think the EU version, which we all got was 25 milliwatts. Okay. Uh, it was really even, you know, 2.4, slightly longer wavelength. It's still 
pretty good but 25 milliwatts is just it's just not enough you know whereas the tyrannus is up more like 100 i think um which is probably the legal limit of where we are on 2.4 in this country but um yeah the, the dx8 that was the biggest problem whereas the the american version of the dx8 that did have 100 or even 150 milliwatts i think so there was a lot of people who were actually getting theirs on import um so that they could you know have the radio that they wanted but without these problems um but i think the dx9 like you've never had a problem the dx9 them i don't know what the output no. is on that but um they obviously I'm saw not it sure. i don't think i've ever seen you i think where they well the dual dual antenna i think design helps a lot on that so I, I think that's one strengthening part of it. But I mean, the other day when we were near, near to a phone mast, the spectrums seem quite rock solid. And it's always comforting for me because I mean, I invested it since the DX7, you know, all the heli pilots were flying. And I thought, well, that's a bit long before the Tyrannus even came about. That's why I thought, well, if a, a 3D heli pilot's flying these things, that's why I invested into it. But the receivers are always so expensive on the spectrum. And that's why I've kind of been locked in because I already had some. And they've made slow improvements on that. But, hey, so yeah. Always problem doesn't it as well as receivers like going from one radio to another and having to upgrade everything yeah exactly so like yeah. when i went from my so, uh, 9xd and, and got my turner g evolution <laughs> i love this thing but i am a little bit concerned about the range i don't know i mean it hasn't fail safe on me yet but i am a little bit concerned not having external antennas and not being able to upgrade them like how far it is going to go before it does sort of fail over a building or something i, I think with the antennas it's there's there's no reason to be paranoid about the antennas it's to be honest with you, it's more about placement of the antenna inside the inside the radio that matters for instance if you want to have uh you know generally people fly out in the area in front of them where they're going to use a radio so it makes sense to have the antenna uh flat this way and to have it you know as close to the front edge as possible a terrible place to put it would be to put it at the back um under that screen you know where it might have a big metal shielding and lots of things to block it and that will reduce your range so a lot of the, a lot of range can be down to the radio's design itself and i think there's been i think was it the horus maybe had a few issues with with the range on that because of where certain components were placed um but i haven't heard anything bad at all about the evolution i, I i'd like to mess around with one i just didn't know if it would suit my style of flying because i pinch i find that uh, and that's more like a gamepad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I love it because the the throw is shorter. So okay. When you're trying to do nice fast moves, you you just haven't got to move the sticks as far, and I really like that. I mean, I have had this thing apart, and the antennas. There's two antennas, one on each side, right in the back. Right. Um, and they're sort of flat, flat antennas. I have thought um, about putting some SMAs on the back with some right angles and sort of putting some antennas on the back. Extend it out. Yeah, that's. that's... Yeah, I have. I haven't sort of seen anybody that's done it yet, but I was was thinking about giving it a crack. I mean, I love this thing. I I went from the nine XD, um, the Tyrannus, and yeah, I've never. Did you think your your flying got better, as straight in because away. you can do the faster stick movements yeah, straight away? Because you just don't have to move everything as far. You, you you know, it's still the same amount of points, isn't it? But it's like the throttle. It's it's such a short throw to get from one place to another. It's just not far at all. And, um, and in answer to your question, um, you asked about pinching. I did actually borrow or use yours one day uh, playing on Velocidrone, Clinton, and I, I actually found you can to pinch on it reasonably well, despite the small form factor. Um, but I always thought it was, it, for me, I, I like a chunky radio to know it's there, and, you know, that I, it's, it's there in, in control. And I suppose when I tried the uh, Evolution uh, first up, it did feel like a games controller. And so I don't know if 
I, I was comfortable with that size because that weight, I, I don't know, it just, it's what I was used to, so it was quite a shock. But it's a nice when little I, radio. When, when, I was, when I was playing the simulators, a lot of the times I couldn't be bothered to hook up my Tyrannus and ended up just playing on an Xbox pad. And I found that I was flying a lot better with the Xbox pad than I was with the Tyrannus. Even with a, a sprung throttle? With sprung, even with the sprung throttle, That's I was finding it a lot easier to, to use that than what I was to use the Tyrannus. I found the Tyrannus really sort of cumbersome and clumsy. I guess it's yeah, it's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean, for me, yeah, because I've you know I've been using these things since I was you know a, a little kid. Um, I'm just used to the feel and the precision, and having the extra room gives you more more precision in terms of the finer movements for me. Whereas the closer it is, the harder it is to find those. Yeah, that's but that's just for me personally. It's very it's a very subjective thing. But as I say with all these things, you know when it's right because you pick it up and then all of a sudden you feel a change that's positive. So it's good to try all these things out. Does it actually have a um, a range test mode on that? It does have RSI. Um, and another um, so it does have RSI. I've never had it beep at me. RSI. Sorry, not not RSI. The, it doesn't have it doesn't uh, have a button to hold down to reduce your power no, output. No, yeah, no range check no like the uh, Tyrannus. Uh, okay, that was uh, that was what I was right. wondering because then you could sort of. Well, I mean, you can, you can do a, a range test, but it's a long walk for someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Send one of the kids out. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep following the well. drone. Bring it back. Just, well, just I'm waiting it. for the day. For, I mean, I think someone did actually train a dog once to fetch them back, didn't they? Um, as in a quad lens in a park and the dog brings it back. Amazing. But, <laughs> but tons I, 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 of I'll never forget the day actually Hidden Valley. Uh, I think it was the weekend that we actually met up actually Clinton. It was your birthday last year. We oh yeah. That music to our day. way back. Yeah. And I think it's the first unofficial landing you've ever done that's aided by a dog, dog assisted landing. As in, was, I, I was flying a little micro round and the dog was chasing it and I was thinking it just swallowed up in one, one foul swoop. But you put your uh, gravity up for a little while, didn't you? And I'd never seen uh, it before in the air, but coming into land. Do you want to tell the story? So it's the GSX. <laughs> uh, GSX? No, what was it? It was the fossil. It's a fossil, yeah. FSGX 210. And uh, yeah, the dog was chasing it. So we thought, oh, better, better sort of hover. And uh, I must have been sort of, what, three meters in the air? <laughs> and the dog managed <laughs> to get that high and caught the quad straight out of the air. Um, I feel quite bad for I mean, we've. We, we did check the dog over at the time, and there was a person that works with dogs that did actually give it an official check. Yeah, I mean, the, the, dog the, was fine. the dog was fine, good old Stifler. Dog, but, uh, the dog was happy, was like I think shortly after yeah, that, so we FPV'd the dog. I was just about to say, so we, uh, <laughs> I can't remember who he was, but he had a little micro micro camera off, off one of the um, off one of the little micro drones, and we managed to strap it to the dog's collar, didn't we? It was, it was quite, it was quite yeah. a dog running around a field. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could do that all day. But yeah, no, that was, that was, that was a good day. That was a good day. Yeah, it was good to be out too, and look at us now, you're on the show this week, so. But that's not your most, well, I mean, technically that's not a crash, is it? You came in quite, but you've had some pretty horrific crash stories, I think. Oh, I have. What's your, what's, your, what's your most best one then? What, what do you think, oh dear, and that I think, was a crash? I think, there's been a few, I think there's been a few. The most annoying one was at Hidden Valley, an hour and a half drive away, and um, getting there, I had some brand new batteries, and uh, it was actually Tony that put me straight on this, but... I, I'd assumed that I'd had a radio dropout or something and the quad just wouldn't go over the top of, of these buildings. Um, as much as I put the accelerator on it, just all the throttle up, it didn't want to move. Um, and I hit the side of a building uh, two minutes and five seconds into driving an hour and a half um, and didn't have a spare quad, which was quite irritating. 
that was the most irritating one. But I think the worst one was when my uh, quad got run over by two cars. <laughs> Not that you were flying on the road, right? No, no, I hit a tree. It must have been a good. It must have been a good forty meters away from the road, and I hit a tree, and it just it just seemed to go through everything that was green and didn't hit anything on its way through. It actually went through two trees, and a tree line, and then ended up in the middle of the road. And uh, yeah, someone wow. decided that they were going to steer their car directly at it. So, oh, uh, did, did anything survive? Was it was it like a classic, you know, like quad and then just like a tire shape and the big skid mark through the middle of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took out it took out two motors, uh, the frame, the PDB, uh, the camera, the battery. <laughs> That's pretty much everything, I think. Is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. The antenna was destroyed. I mean, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty devastating. I think I had uh, three okay. SC, three SCs and two motors out at the end of that one. Oh, wow. so, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty, pretty, pretty horrific. But to be fair, I got home and when I realised I had the DVR footage, it it was all okay. <laughs> well, this is the, this is just the thing, isn't it? If anyone talks to me about what's the worst thing that's happened, there's no crash. I mean, I could tell you about thousands of crashes over the years with different aircraft, but it's always about losing. The damn camera that is the worst by far you lose a camera mm. and it's just devastating i don't care about the camera it's the footage i want the footage because exactly. cameras will come and go quads will come and go the only bit that you can immortalize is your footage that's the that's where all the cool stuff is and i've got at least two cameras out in the field up the road from me with amazing footage on them that's just you know well by now it's probably been chopped up in a combine harvester and in someone's breakfast but you know <laughs> My very first foray uh, into uh, aerial photography, I used to just, I didn't have a GoPro, and it was long before GoPros were about, and, you know, I had to strap my mobile phone to it. And it went through, did various iterations, but my quad once, I, I strapped my phone to it and sent it up. And it turned upside down, mid-air, mid mid fell all the way straight to the ground, and I tried riding it. But surprisingly, yeah. the phone survived, the quad did not. But that was all because if we were talking last week about the mounting of it, I had to mount it in this thick padded foam just so I didn't get jello all over the video. So that, uh, it, it worked, but... I was going to yeah. say another another great crash was um, I don't know if you you guys remember Carlito Carlos, and um, oh yeah, he, he put his phone on his on his quadcopter and did a live stream from his quadcopter and I, I saw it and I was like oh that's a great idea I'm going to go and do exactly the same thing <laughs> and I went out and started live streaming to Facebook and within about thirty seconds I ended up in a tree somewhere. <laughs> Brilliant! It's like live streaming a tree. I think Facebook Live must have a lot to answer for on a daily basis. <laughs> well, there are some uh, dodgy things on there somewhere. Yeah, I bet right. indeed. Yeah, well, I crash into it. If anyone's in there and wants to share their crash stories or, or where where is worst ones ever? I mean, I had a, there was a crash last night. Somebody had, and I won't name and shame them, but I I actually saw a light going through a night sky in slow motion as it was heading towards cars, and thankfully no car was hit. But if you hit something, there is the your spin of death, or there's the you know. That they can control them and they can launch up rather than just crashing to the ground. So let's hope everyone stays safe out there. Wise words indeed. So, um, Clinton, how have you been getting on with your um, with Raceflight RF1 RC1 release candidate one? Um, yep. So I've got two two X5s now, both identical. Um, both running race flight with the latest build, which I think is 1.97 now. And um, yeah, I mean, when I first installed this and set it up, I was having so many issues like everybody else with the yaw twitching and um, everything like that. But now 
I just I I don't think I could fly. It's like going from um, angle mode to acro, and you know, after a few weeks, if you try to fly angle, you just can't do it. It's like impossible. You're like, how how did I ever do that? And I think race fly has has literally become like that. Um, I can't ever envision flying anything else now. It's just I'm I'm a hundred percent sold on it. Um, and let me let me ask you this: Have you actually bothered? tuning it or if has it flown great on defaults and you've just left them where they are and just played with your rates i've been playing with the rates it's i what about the pids what have you done with those nothing (laughs) (laughs) that's what i wanted to hear see that's the bit that i'm finding interesting is is how many people are just you know it it flies well out the box and then just get the rates where they want them and don't touch them see I, i messed around a lot more today with the tuning to try and get a feel uh it's 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 interesting because I mean the number system's different. That's the bit that I wish all these controllers, having flown most of them, they've all got their own numbering system, and one can be you know, you know, five point six is a good p term, and then on another it's one hundred and forty is the the p term good point, and all that stuff uh, makes things a little bit a little bit tricky. But um, I've tried to move the numbers in some kind of meaningful way on on RF one. Um, to see what was different and I'm finding that uh, what my initial suspicions were that the the tuning envelope seems to be a lot bigger and that you can move what you'd consider to be fairly meaningful numbers where you start to see differences in the p-term and you might you still might not see it until you keep moving and keep moving so there's obviously a you know whatever this default tune is and it might be a trick of the filtering I, I don't know um, because there's a, there's a lot to adjust in filtering on on RF one as well, but it does seem like that tuning envelope is 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 bigger. Having now spent a little time messing around with the tune, um, but again, I, it's not. I'm not having a have, making fun of you in any way. If it, if you get out of the box and it flies great, why do, why would you touch it? Leave it. Set the rates where you want it and go fly. Have fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I to be fair, I've never been big on tuning anyway. I mean, I have flown quads that you can just tell that they are terrible and they definitely, definitely need a tune. But I mean, I, I can't see I can't see anything wrong with it when I fly. I can't see any wobbles. I can't see any twitching. I can't see anything. It just goes and does exactly what I wanted to do and when I wanted to do it. So I I wouldn't know where to start with tuning race flight. I even debate whether it's possible. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's yeah that's that in itself is an interesting thing uh and something that you know we kind of touched on with joshua last week which was uh you know i mean there's there's josh who goes to the absolute nth degree to to teach people how to to tune and understand the real uh precision in understanding the black box and uh how to to look at the data from that and you know uh, see in in look at the data and how to make it uh work for you to get a better tune and and really the nitty-gritty of it and there's going to be a point where there's almost no need for that which i find kind of sad actually because i really like that side of it and and especially when you can look at something like a black box log and and see what's going on and know what to correct in that uh in terms of the numbers to then get it to work and then it works it's that's a real accomplishment and it gets you a, a better understanding of 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 uh pid controllers and how all that works so 
I really like that, but I understand there are people that don't and just want to just don't want to mess around with it and want to go out and fly. So if race flight are kind of making steps towards that point where you can just plug it in and it's great, you set your rates and go, then you know, power to them. I think that's I think that's a good thing. Another thing I was uh, curious about because um, Beta Flight used to have like an auto tune feature, didn't they? Do I that? don't think Beta Flight ever did. Clean Flight had a G, was it G tune J? Something uh, G-Tune, yeah. There was uh, APM also had an auto-tune. A few of them have had that auto-tune. And I actually tried it on an APM board because it was just flying on a 250 and it was jittery. And it did actually, did, it improved it, but I've never tried G-Tune, which was on the clean. So, so you wonder why they haven't haven't continued that feature. Like why isn't that something that's available and being, and being sort of tweaked and got right? Because I... I the trouble is there's so many different things out there and they can make something that'll roughly work but you can't cover all sort of aircraft that a board might be installed on and i think rather than people putting too much faith in it they probably won't develop it any further for the new boards because i mean you you're basically saying here fly wildly and then uh learn what you're doing so a, a quad flying light uh quite wildly may actually sort of crash and, and burn if you know what i mean so uh, it's all these things are always to be used with um a bit of caution a lot of caution really on, on yeah this. I, I never bothered with it I, I saw videos of how it did its thing and watched it obviously sitting there oscillating madly before uh you yeah. know and i just thought I, you know what i don't like the idea of the quad sitting up there doing that without me having sort of <laughs> any real control over it I'll, yeah I'll, I'll do it the old-fashioned way actually in the chat i see ian uh ian payne has said uh it was g-tune and they ditched it only tuned p anyway uh so there you go and uh any other gucci fpv does nj bleach his teeth no they're all mine <laughs> he does yeah you need to smoke more nj so <laughs> yeah, actually need more nicotine um yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah interesting i think that that whole subject's quite interesting as to where you know where tuning and filtering and notch filtering and where all this stuff is going because i'd like to see a happy medium i'd still like to see meaningful movements in the numbers that give you something on the output side uh so that so those that want to tune can really get that that sort of extra 10 percent to try and get it as perfect and prop wash free as possible and get it really really nice um and then there's that one that you can just get it out of the box and it will be you know it will be decent so yeah, those are all those are all good things. So, I mean, as as Joshua pointed out last week, we can't judge race flight until it's out of release. Candidate, it is RC one at the minute. Uh, I try and keep uh, keep an eye on what's happening, but um, when it does go to final release, then yeah, I'll certainly take a real close look at it. And well, just and, like some, <coughs> so just like people don't always update their mobile phone apps, they uh, don't always update these things because they can break these things in updates as you. And that it's not as good as your last version. Are you not going to go back to the previous version? Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was something interesting. Although my, I'm, I think part of my problem is the X25s, uh, those ZMX. I love those motors in terms of their power and efficiency at 2300 kV, but there is an issue with those and the magnets, and they do not like. A me even a medium timing they seem to favor medium low or low timing which is which is quite unusual and it is definitely something to do with these very strong magnets um that are installed in them so i i need to switch out for another set of motors i've 
got a set of those uh, new Emacs white colored 2450 KV 2207s coming. So I'm going to chuck those in and see how they feel. Um, but um, yeah, I, at the minute, I felt like I had a slightly nicer tune out the box uh, on the one on the release before the RF1 release before RC1, um, which I have, which was. 196 or 195 i can't remember but yeah i'd so i'm going to chuck that back on and compare it but but as you say you know mm. by the time these things are released i don't know where it'll be will it be better or might it be no. well, exactly i mean the the uh, the white bottoms aren't out yet or the white ones out are they they're due out end of this month is it the emails or are they already in the wild uh what in the world where i pre-ordered it um, I, the, the Emacs white edition. So I've seen them. Uh, yeah, uh, Get FPV have got them in stock out in Florida. Um, oh, okay. So I imagine they're now landing with uh, retailers. Uh, I haven't. I've got a set coming, but I haven't had any shipping notifications yet. So I, I assume they're they're starting to stock as of now. Um, but uh, the other the other motors, I'm very excited to see. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of good things about our co the Cobra motor 2207. 20 months, are they yeah. 2450 as well, or are they 23? Yeah. Well, there's, I think there's 2450, and I think it's 2700 or a 20. There is two versions, yeah. but they're 2450. I, I mean, yeah. I'm looking to get a set of those, but there's no UK stockists anywhere. Yeah, as, or at least as, there's no stock in the UK. So yeah, I mean, personally, yeah, 20, um, 2450 is uh, just my perfect KV in terms of a balance of power and uh efficiency and i'm very much in the same kind of line of thinking as as kind of mr steel is on that of, about you know you don't need crazy high kv maybe if you're racing if you like i'll kill the battery but you know that's what you need to do to win a race and i need high kv and you know that's great but for me personally for freestyle stuff i just like that perfect balance of power and efficiency. at least on a 200 size yeah, yeah, on a two, yeah, on a two hundred, and uh, yeah, I just find twenty four fifty yeah. time and time again. It's because I find twenty three hundred is great, but it just feels like it just needs a tiny, tiny bit more. Twenty four fifty is a real sweet spot, I think. So you head it here first if you want NJ to do anything for you. Just give him a set of twenty four fifty motors. Oh yeah, keep those coming. He'll treat you quite. He'll wash your car. He'll do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about motors as well is um, I tried I tried the cyclones the other day. The are they fifty four? Props, the, yeah, the, the cyclone props. Um, oh, the, 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 well, the old ones are this fifty forty five, the new ones are fifty forty six, the V twos. So I've got a fifty forty sixes, and uh, yeah, I mean a lot of people uh, have been talking about them and saying that they're great and the best props. I love them, the fifty forty five. I love them. See, I I I've tried them and I didn't like them at yeah. all. Uh, a, I've gone through three sets in a couple of days, uh, which is pretty terrible. I mean, normally they're quite durable. And they've they've just been breaking one after another, and yeah, I mean before that I was flying the fifty fifty ones, which I've actually gone back to, and I know they're quite aggressive, but um, a they're more durable, and b I think they're a lot more punchy. Well, <laughs> okay, let, let me let me just let me just quickly rant. Okay, I've got like a thousand points behind me, but uh, <laughs> starting this. him off now. You started him off. <laughs> I'm trying to look for a set of my cyclones to kind of. Uh, to I, I well, I don't know if there's. Any difference right. between the fifty forty five and the fifty forty six? But the fifty forty five oh, I found very durable, very durable. Yeah. I mean, I've, I I literally three sets in in a couple of days, which is really you know normally my blades last weeks. 
So. Is that because they're getting run over? Okay, so there's there's, yeah. there's pros and cons. Okay, um, so these are what have I got on here? So these are the forty six on here. Yeah. Now these, what I like about these, these blades are slightly fatter. Uh, these 46, uh, 50, 46. But if you actually, what you need to, to look at is the actual, the profile, the way it sweeps down at the base. And most importantly, they've kind of got, you've almost got the width of a bullnose prop. But this, this taper here, although it kind of looks like a razor blade, if you ever look at the wing of something mm. like a Dreamliner uh, yeah. jet aircraft or any of the modern aircraft that are coming out these days, they aren't actually going for these retrofit kind of, flick ups on the end which are all there to they're all designed to destroy the vortexes that create uh that are created on the edge of a wing remember these are just wings they're just yeah. rotating wings um and the, the vortexes that you get on the tips which create drag and they they basically this is why bull noses with this with the square tips are so inefficient is that you've got high pressure air on the underside of the blade um desperately trying to get to the low pressure air on the top and as this height and remember you've got the centrifugal force as well moving outwards so what you end up with is the airflow underneath that's on the high pressure going up meeting the the low pressure airflow the fast moving airflow over the top and then you get these vortices start to form off the tip now these basically this kind of curve sweat design allow those to meet more gracefully allow for much smaller um, vortices and this is exactly why you get this kind of design on modern aircraft now to improve efficiency and it might only be improving efficiency by five six percent but it's very very uh, well in the aviation in uh, commercial aviation that can result in you know saving millions uh, millions and millions of, of pounds in fuel um, but this this I could tell as soon as I saw these cyclone blades that this was developed by someone with some aeronautics background as opposed to some of the some of the aircraft some of the uh, prop designs I have seen which are just ludicrous I mean some of them have got stripes in that go across the blade and like <laughs> jagged sections and I'm like, ones, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is this is a fashion statement like great it looks looks really cool and cyber but it's absolutely going to destroy the aerodynamics and efficiency and and this is one of the first props i've looked at and thought i know that's going to be quieter i know that's going to be a really good efficient powerful prop and they are these these are my favorite props and for those reasons and lots more these the cyclone v2 uh 5046 I, I can't recommend these props enough certainly on something around that 2300 2450 kv if you're going to run higher 2600 kv go for the 2045s which aren't quite as aggressive um but that's why i love 5045 sorry um yeah 2045 wouldn't work very well but the other thing is these props are a little bit heavier and there is a lot to be said for not overpropping and how that works against the amount of torque you've got available on a higher kv motor a heavier prop's not really a great idea you tend you know the lighter the prop is the quicker the motor can change rpm so there's that whole argument as well but in terms of an aeronautics point of view fluid dynamics point of view these props tick a lot of boxes with me and i've now been with them for a, using these for a long time i think they're great yeah, so, it's clever that got me started on them. But I mean, I, I was noticing on my QAVR, the actual uh, tip to prop tip on uh, one of the axes is like five mil. It's not much. So I guess that tape point and that can help in a lot when they, the props are going to almost touch. Yeah, well, you can you can um, hear it. as soon as you hover it, you put it in the hover. Those those props are so quiet. 
you know, you notice straight away. And, and the fact that they're quiet in the hover immediately tells you, like, well, this is a much more efficient tip. The, uh, the only problem there, uh, Neil, is when you started, you were supposed to say, my name is NJ Tech, and today you're going to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're going to start the show with G'day, uh, and today we've got NJ Tech. But, uh, we copy everyone on the show. <laughs> we haven't done a ton of Smith yet. Uh, we haven't, no. We're just surprised. Are, are we just going to do this every week until Tom Smith comes on? Should we just keep we are. Yeah, come, let's, on, come on, get on the show, like you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm still yeah. perfecting it, still perfecting it. But uh, yeah. if he's listening, we do want you on the show because actually, it's it's good to see a YouTuber that gives so much personality to the bits before. It's like I actually care if he gets back to work on time. Yeah, um, I, I want him to come and talk to us about the armor tan as well because uh, I've he's know, changed. Thought, he's changed. You've changed. You know, what do you mean he's changed? No, he's, he's got another quad, hasn't he? Um, and he prefers it, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So, hang on. He only had the armor 10 five minutes ago. What's he changed to now? Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. It no, it's some uh, X, I think. I can't remember exactly. But to be fair, I mean, I don't think he's just going to fly one. Like, look at you, NJ. You swap between a few, and your current one of your favorites is your 130, isn't it? So I'm having it's nice so having more than just one. much fun with my 130. I cannot begin to tell you. Uh, All right, sorry, I didn't mean to start him off. All right, stop <laughs> there. Wait, wait. 130, go. this, 130. I'm telling right. you. Everyone, everyone needs a 130. It's just so. It's not just the fact that it's so much fun. It flies great. It's it's the fact that. You can just, it's tiny, you can fit it in much smaller gaps. Like when we went flying today, obviously Which I we, had fun yeah. with, with the, mm. uh, the beast X and, and got to tear that around on 5S and, and that was great. But as soon as I got the 130 out, we, we went over to the, the tree stump and just started proxying around it because it's just, it'll fit between all the gaps yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. practice mini power loops and oh yeah. Whereas, I mean, I was taking mine, mine through and most of the time I got through, but I did hit the tree. It, it, it's just nice having that smaller gap. And when there's trees around, I think you, you've got, you know, the 130. But I think everyone should know the little background story. You weren't always so happy with this 130, were you, Neil? I mean, you, you had it in a box and you put it to one side, put it to one side, put it to one side. And you said, I don't think I'm even going to build this thing. Well, right. yeah, I, what happened was I was sent that kit um, over by Gearbest to review. Um, like, I think it was end of September. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and I just yeah. I just kept putting it off and putting it off and thinking, oh, I can't be bothered. It's not going to fly that great. It's not going to be very interesting. And it's, you know, it's just, it's going to be rubbish. It's not going to have any power. Um, and then, you know, whatever it was a month or month and a half ago, I, I, it was about a month ago, wasn't it? I, I built it up, did the review and yeah, we went out and flew it and I was just gobsmacked. It was, yeah. it, it flew so much bigger than it was. Uh, yeah. And, and having yeah. a full site or a proper camera on with the proper CCD sensor and everything was it makes a massive difference because then you can fly it during the day without having the, the sunlight wash out. And then yeah, that's around. the only prerequisite, I think, for anyone that's thinking of getting a 130. Do not get a 130 that comes with one of those terrible little CMOS cameras. You know, get something that will accommodate a proper HS 1177 style camera, which immediately puts you in the headspace of flying a bigger quad when you look through there and you're like okay this is what i'm familiar with this and then you know but the, the one i had 4000 kv max red bottoms and the 4s tattoo 850 milliamp batteries and that thing is just a complete blast and it's only running 4k 4k with d shot 600 well, i think i'm running and it's, it's so locked, yeah. so locked. amazing little thing so i'm going to be building another 130 at some point um 
Oh, I mean, Neil, you, you say the thing Neil about the camera. Let me just say, uh, Neil over at iDrone has sent me some uh, quads, the uh, new Atto quads to have a look at. So I'll be uh, looking at a couple of those, one of which is one, I think it's a 136. Slightly different. Uh, no, you, you can't just put a bit of one of those, can you? Not all, not all about a struggle. No, no. Say again, sorry? Not until they release the GoPro 9. <laughs> you can't fit a GoPro on a 130 size. Okay, so no. you can. You can fit a GoPro. No. You can put a session on there. And I'll tell you, if you look, actually, Stu, UAV Futures, did a review of the Atom, which is a great little uh, great little uh, mini quad. And that's sort of 130 sized as well, I believe. You might have to correct me, but it was very expensive, but a really great. I'll tell you what's a, a bit of a copy of it, actually, is the UB130 that I took a look at um, not that long ago. Very similar looking to that. Um, and uh, Stu actually did a video with the GoPro on the top of it, and it it was fine. It flew great, and it could be done. And these new Atto frames, I think I spotted one on there that they've come up with a new design, which will actually accommodate something like a, a session on top. So it'll lift them. I mean, it won't perform. And if you think about the weight of that in comparison to the actual power weight of, of what it is for the size it is, it's not going to... It's going to pretty drastically when, affect its acro and thrust ability, but it can it can handle it. It will take it. I think when you start adding, because a, a, a CMOS uh, camera is a lot lighter than often the CCD ones, so I think when you start adding it all up, depending on how you're going to build it, I think you probably come into problems. But to go back on the CMOS cameras, I used to think they were rubbish ever since you know I was flying. Um, you but know what that is because they night, are rubbish. <laughs> No, but at night I found a new passion for these little CMOS, you know, streetlight FPV. That's where the others come into their own. And yeah, I, I, I would discount them in the past. So indoor and, out, and outside at night. But the CMOS cameras. Yeah. You think They're yeah. pretty good under low yeah. light conditions. I, I'm sold on the, um, the Foxier Monsters, uh, the 1200 TVL cameras, which are CMOS. So tell me your experience with that, because 1200 TVL, which just sounds like a latency nightmare, doesn't so, happen to me. They, they so have tested it, and the latency is about half that of uh, HS1117 or 1177, and apparently the latency is about half. The colors are a lot better, the quality is a lot better, and the viewing experience is just so much more pleasant. The only thing is, which is what you were just talking about, is I get flying this at night, um, is an absolute nightmare. I can barely see anything. I just get washed out by streetlights. Um, they just. Do you know if that, that that lens is interchangeable, or if it's IR sensitive or IR blocked, etc.? Uh, this one, I don't know. To be fair, it's a two point five mil um, lens. I actually don't know if it is IR blocked or not. Well, that, that will make a difference for for night flying. In fact, we had a we had a good test of that last night, didn't we, uh, NJ? We yeah. set up just a, an LED gate. And some glow sticks. Uh, it was quite effective, actually. But all those with the IR blocks had very uh, had a lot of trouble uh, seeing anything really. I mean, you could turn up the brightness, but it was all. Yeah, so we we, we just all went and ordered stuff from Amazon. No, no, I I ordered this stuff. Which hang on, where is it? I mean, we're done at the wrong end of winter, this, really. We should have done it at the start of winter. <laughs> so this was like what was it? Five Whoa, five meters for about a tenner on Amazon. This stuff was pretty good. With a little uh, battery pack. So this is on Amazon in loads of different colours. If anyone wants to make a little, so you did a little uh, logo with that stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's your job, Clinton. Have you have you done it yet? No. Oh. 
<laughs> but that was good fun. I enjoyed the night flying thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, you need the right camera for the job, definitely, or certainly the right lens to give it a give it a helping hand. Um, but, and yeah. cut headlights if all else fails. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, to, to carry on flying long after the sun's gone down, I mean, it's it's not quite summer and light until 10 o'clock, so I think it's, there's still validity for this as we have less rain. So it was okay. interesting. Sorry, the, just, to, I, just to quickly yeah. stop, stop you there. I've just seen in the comments, Mobius Mini, 27 grams, 1080p60. So that's an interest. That would be a great for a 130. Has anyone um, got one? Yeah, I didn't know that Mobius did another camera. I've still got my original Mobius, which is horrible, but was good for the time. Yeah, I'd like to try one out. The biggest problem with the the, the tiny cameras is usually the light handling's terrible. So you'll do a flip, and it will just be flashing black and white, and it'll be a hor horrible nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that thing was a, that thing was horrible, but I mean, but still, still, even it, sorry, go on, Jay. Something to go. Well, I was going to say twenty-seven grams to go on a one thirty. Just to record something other than DVR, it's an option. But I was going to say, I mean, so. you say the session will go on to a one thirty, but it it must you must feel that weight really dramatically. Mm -hmm. You can't be nice to fly, not as nice as without it. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's more like a you know it can be done and. But it'd be nice to get some high high quality high quality footage on a one thirty because some of the, I mean we captured the DVR of what I did today and I'm going to stick it up on my channel later because um, it was such a blast and you know it was nice but if I would have really liked to have had a, a little HD camera on there uh, and that one thirty I have just won't accommodate her because it's uh, like a little X with a pod it's just not going to accommodate the Mobius very nicely. Um, and I suppose, I mean, with the smaller props anyway in the 4000, they don't seem to recover from a fall as quick as the other ones. So with any extra weight, they are going to sag a lot more coming down. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. yeah. if you're talking about putting a, a, a GoPro session, session on, there, on. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not going to be fun. Eh. Uh, so yeah, well, we got zero well, stairs. Andy RC, Andy RC made a review. Andy RC, another guy, we, we need to keep hounding him to uh, let's, let's yeah, try and come on the show, Andy RC. How old is he? He doesn't sound very old. Does anyone know? I I think I know, but I'm not going to say. You think, until I find out. I think I know. <laughs> I think he's older no, well, than he's you think. Young, he's doing very well for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if, if you are listening, because we listen to your stuff, please come on the show and we'll uh, have a little natter. Yeah, come for come for a chat. There's a, there's a long list of guests that we'd like to get on the show. Was there any other news? Yeah. Actually, yeah, there is some news. Um, somebody's been jailed for flying a drone in the UK, but oh. not on a drone, not on a drone flying um, thing. This was a trying to smuggle drugs into an Edinburgh prison. Right. They crashed in somebody else's backyard, but again, probably should go. Probably should go to jail for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah, yeah, just for the heroin and everything. Else. Yeah, I think so, contraband um, missions are probably not not the way to promote to promote the hobby, are they? No, no. I mean, yeah. drones for some people's good doesn't mean it's drones for good for the for society. So indeed. Um, yeah, there's that, and there's also some interesting developments. I think on the technology side of things, Clinton, you know a bit more about this. And Nvidia's Jetson. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, apparently they've made like a new micro controlling board that is perfect for for drones. Um, that they're hoping sort of push. AI and artificial intelligence into a small enough form factor that we can actually put it on, well, maybe even micro, you know, like the like the sort of two tens and the and the two fifties and stuff. So, 
maybe give them some form of 3D vision and um, sort of object recognition. <laughs> and, and this, this sounds terrifying. It'd be amazing. AI. <laughs> <laughs> and give it three D, give it depth perception. Uh, this sounds like Skynet. This is what's happening. We got. No, he, he got it wrong. It's the one thirty. Your one thirty's already got it enabled. I wouldn't sleep in the same room as that one if I were you, NJ. But I, I, I mean, that that's the general trend, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, more faster, more capable. Maybe technology is coming too far too quick. But I mean, still, I, it'd be very very impressive to see what people can do with drones. I mean, at the moment. I mean, obviously, DJIs and stuff are, are right up there, and they're very clever, and the waypoints, and you know, they've sensors on the bottom and sensors on the top, sensors on the left and right, and everywhere else. You know, they are very clever, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they could do with that kind of technology as well, to to how far they they can sort of push drones to go. You know, I guess what, it's like, I mean, I when I was taking a couple of pilots. Uh, you know, uh, lessons for my pilot's license, which I never got. But um, I actually asked the guy, wouldn't you like to fly commercial planes? And he said, no, because it takes away the, the actual raw flying thing when you've got a small, um, small, you know, fixed wing. So I, the same applies to, I mean, I, I, you know, I've flown Phantoms, I've flown DJI, I've flown all the, the, the high-end waypoint stuff, but it doesn't feel like flying. And I suppose you can, you can add all this technology onto it, but yeah, the small uh, size class is just fun to fly manually. You know, no, no stabilization. We 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 shun all this uh, stabilization stuff and the computer vision. But it does have its use, I think, for a smaller market of the commercial then that, sector. Then, because uh, it wasn't it Preston was saying about how they're using uh, or trying to use accelerometers and stuff in their in their flight controllers to sort of help stabilize and and make the flying experience sort of more clean. Uh, on the on the mini quads, uh, hmm. you know, maybe even maybe even that's too far. Maybe maybe they should still be more manual and more pilot orientated. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with with that concept of if you have the tools available and you can make it work, why not? Because we are, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very Airbus way of thinking about things. But, but we are by definition flying by wire in kind of every sense that uh, uh you know like an airbus is versus a, a yoke and stick traditional boeing aircraft it's it's exactly that thing i mean if you were to take away the brain that is doing all the stabilization work for you and you just had raw control over you know the the axes it would be a colossal mess and crash within so. seconds it wouldn't even <laughs> that's very true there's so much of it, yeah. is, you know, Actually, it, majority of it's being done by the flight controller and then it's interpreting your stick inputs uh, to, to, to best guess what you what you want it to do. You know, so if there are more tools available, why not? It also depends uh, on to the point. To, well, sorry, take, to take that to one step further, um, all these flight planes or the, the jet, jet planes, you cannot fly it manually because it needs that thrust vectoring computational aspect to be able to fly it in the first place. So yeah, exactly what you're saying with yours. There's always sometimes the hidden aspect that is making it flyable, even if it does feel manual. Indeed, but every everything has its purpose as well. You know, a, a DJI is is kind of like a filming platform. A racing drone is a racing drone or freestyle, whatever you want to do with it. And this AI stuff, you know, think about how powerful that would make search and rescue and all of those kind of kind of things drones for good yeah i can see yeah reconnaissance and all that and all that could be for bad i suppose but yeah i, d I do agree i, I love do you see the ambulance drone thing that they prototypes did you ever see that the, the yeah with the heart that, the defibrillator uh, the yeah. Yeah. On it. That, yeah. that stuff's really yeah. cool there's some very yeah. 
ideas out there on the opposite end to contraband and gun turrets. See, well, well, as a kid, I used to think we'd have these little things that would fly around and follow us around and like PDA. So I guess this is all progress towards what is the enabling of the technology to, to enrich our lives even further if they don't get uh, regulated too much. But yeah. Yeah, Owen said, like flying helis in the 1960s. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And further back than that, I mean, everything's done with such crazy paperwork and safety and red tape. And you go back to the times when there were guys strapping themselves to literally to death machines in the pursuit of getting a helicopter to fly. And, you know, like Chuck Yeager and the, the stuff that you'd read about that guy and the stuff he used to do in the X-25. And it was literally strapped himself to a, a giant rocket. And said, "Yeah, let's 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 test flight. Let's see, if this. Can, see if we can yeah. break the sound barrier. See what happens. Uh, you see know, what happens to me back. as we break the sound yeah, barrier. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in time for dinner. See you later. Absolutely. So, if you, I mean, you remember the helis from the 1960s, then? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's actually 100. Yeah, Many people yeah. don't know this, but Ed yeah, is 100 years old. Birthday uh, coming up this month, actually. Wow. wow. Yes. On that on that bizarre uh, te technological note and. Uh, Note of the past and how far we've come. I think we're probably about there, aren't we? We are actually almost one hour in. Just before we go, though, I'm going to do a shameless plug for something that people can't even book onto. But this weekend, I'm going to do a remake of the kids' drone workshop, basically teaching kids to give uh, Luke Bannister and the other youngsters some competition, hopefully in about five years' time. So that's going to be fun. If anyone's got any uh, the 010 Esheen sort of batteries <laughs> lying around, even if they're crud, get in touch on the chat. If not, yeah, donate so some batteries to a good cause so that some some yeah four and so five year olds can, can, can be better. Crash them into me as I'm running around in a cage trying to pick them up and teach them. Don't put your stick all the way up, but yeah. it should be fun. I'll give you yeah. an. I'll, I'll I'll be on the camera next week with cuts here, cuts there, cuts here. Thankfully, there are only little ones. But yeah, what are you guys up to this coming week then? Uh, yeah, just. More review content. More reviews. <laughs> reviews. So I'm trying to do some. If the weather's good, it'll be flying. But in the minute, yeah. well, tomorrow. Let's go flying tomorrow. Clinton, are you doing any more crash test reviews? Uh, or no, I'm. Do you know what I'm actually doing? I've I've started playing around with. Um, I've stripped my turnergy down and I've made a few mods, but I've filmed it all as well. So I was hoping to make some some interesting tutorial videos because I've seen a few that are a, a bit messed up. So hopefully, you know, that'd be useful. Ah, good stuff. Yeah. Ah, well, it should be an interesting week. And you know what, guys, we survived. I mean, there has been something missing. And I must say, Jack, Tony, it hasn't been the same without you this week. But it's been lots of fun with you, Clinton and Neil. Thanks That's for joining us. And once again, thanks to everyone in the uh, chat room for joining in and listening in as well. We do this every week for you guys. So we, uh, we enjoy it when people are listening. So thank you. Let's out. Any last comments before we uh, say goodbye on our new home and lock the door and, and start on? boxing everything properly for next week yeah that's all, all it's all good thanks for the thanks for the mentor guys says brighton till yeah. <laughs> ah, jack's there wow yeah we, we, we you know we've, we've relied on jack to actually get us even onto the stream and so this week it was like uh, what are we doing <laughs> where do we go what are we doing uh but jack you were with us in spirit so thank you and uh yeah so you'll find us here again next week at the same time and until we change it to another time, but we'll let you know well in advance before that. But thanks once again. You have been listening to Let's Join Up. See you Thank guys. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye-bye.